In an age where there's no such thing as oversharing, there's still too much embarrassment and shame about pelvic issues like mummy tummy, pain and leaking. But we don't have to suffer in silence. Welcome to Bellies, Bits and Babies, a babyology podcast all about women's pelvic health that answers questions you might be too scared to ask. Hosted by physiotherapist and pelvic floor expert Heba Shahid. She's on a mission to break the taboos surrounding women's pelvic health and to educate and empower women to live healthier, stronger and happier lives. Pregnancy-related back and pelvic pain affects up to 90% of women at some point in their pregnancy. It can persist in the postpartum period and well into motherhood. In just a moment, Heber will be joined by Natalie, one of her former clients, to talk about her experience of pregnancy-related back pain. And you'll be hearing some gurgles and toys in the background as Natalie's son Jack is in the studio too. So Natalie, you experienced pelvic pain in your pregnancy. Can you share with us the symptoms that you experienced and when you first noticed them? Yeah, so thinking back, it was probably around halfway through. So halfway through my second trimester, I started to get a little bit of a few niggles here and there. The odd bit of round ligament pain, which um, which wasn't too bothersome. But then towards the third trimester, it became quite debilitating pain, pelvic girdle pain, which made it really difficult for me to sort of do daily life. Um, so what do you mean by round ligament pain? Where were you experiencing that pain that's round ligament? Um, so in the sort of lower area of my abdomen, and it was, you know, when I would stand up suddenly or or sort of make a, a sudden movement and I'd suddenly get this sort of stabbing pain down there. Um, and of course, I went straight to Google and found out what, what that was about. Um, but yeah, it was when it got, got to the pelvic girdle stuff a bit later on that it really became. And where in your pelvic girdle were you feeling this pain? Um, I think as far as I can remember, it started in my, it was sort of in my inner thigh that it, that I remember most vividly, but it, it went all the way around my hips to my, to my back, sort of radiating into my bum a bit and um, yeah, sort of all over. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who don't know what pelvic girdle pain, it can be any type of pain in the pelvis going from your lower back mm. down through your hips around your pubic bones. A lot of women with pelvic girdle pain also get pain down their legs. So like a sciatic nerve distribution of pain down the front of their legs. Some women even feel it down into their feet. So the round ligament pain is that lower abdominal pain that you feel. Mm. Um, but pelvic girdle pain has so many different presentations. And most women will feel pel pelvic girdle pain when they are standing on one leg, if they're climbing stairs, if they're getting in and out of the car, getting in and out of bed. Did you experience anything like this at all? Oh, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it, I remember raising sort of raising a leg to walk, especially if I was going upstairs or getting into the car, turning over in bed, anything that involved sort of separating my legs um, in any way. Um, it was, yeah, really painful. And it meant that I was quite immobile by by that point, by that third trimester, and walking became a real struggle. So when did you first notice your symptoms? In the second trimester or the third trimester? Um, it was towards the end of the second trimester, I'd say, and then third trimester it became really, um, really difficult. Yeah. Well, you're not alone because so many women will experience pain in the second trimester and most of them will experience it in the third trimester and it can be quite unbearable. Yeah. And it can really affect your life socially, but also your work life. Did you notice your pelvic pain was holding you back in life in any way? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I had to completely alter my um, my journey to work. So I was catching the ferry in um, and then walking up from the ferry from Circular Key to Martin Place. And um, I, I couldn't walk up that hill anymore. I had to catch a bus. And I mean, that was just it just seemed so ridiculous, such a short distance. But I had to get on a bus because I just couldn't cope with the walk up the hill. And yeah, everything, I you know, even going to the bathroom at work, like it all became such a chore um, and such a sort of event <laughs> to to achieve. So, yeah, definitely a lot of um, a lot of differences to my daily life. In what ways were you affected at work? Luckily, I do a lot of sitting down at work. Um, I'm a teacher, so I was sat at at a desk most of the time. Um, so it was more between. So it's between lessons. It was whenever I needed to go to the bathroom, which is quite frequently when you're in your third trimester, especially. And it just it just meant that I couldn't move around as usual, and I had to ask for help. People carrying things for me that I'd usually be able to do myself. I remember when we were talking when you first came to see me. You mentioned that there were times where you had to get wheeled around in your chair because the yes. pain was so bad. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah. So when I was at, it was when I was at home actually. So um, bearing in mind that the distance between my bathroom and my couch is like twenty steps, there was a point where the pain was so bad for me to let you know get up and walk somewhere that I was getting my partner to wheel me on his <laughs> office chair uh, to the, just the distance to the bathroom just that's because terrible. I couldn't face standing up basically by the end of the day especially when it was much worse yeah that's terrible so it must yeah. have really impacted even just moving from one part of your house to the other part yeah. of your house just getting up to get a glass of water anything yeah it was horrible the hospital doesn't at any point say to you oh you might experience this you might get pelvic pain and and you know physiotherapy or Pilates classes or, or whatever you know can help but they do treat the aftermath <laughs> by sending you to to the clinics and giving you physio afterwards but um but nothing prior it's interesting because so many clients that I've had no. have actually said to me that their doctors have told them no. oh that's normal in pregnancy you're just going to have to put up with it you're just going to have to live with yeah. it this is everyone gets pelvic pain in pregnancy that's just normal it'll go away once you give birth so they think that they're going to have to put up with this for six months mm. of their pregnancy and not realising that just a few simple exercises can completely change their pain and completely improve their symptoms and they don't have to live with it at all. Yeah, and it's torturous. It's really, It really got me down. It was really quite a depressing time for me, not being able to, you know, losing your mobility and not knowing there was something that I could have done about it. You know, it was it was it was really difficult and unexpected as well. Mm. I think the emotional symptoms are also really important to cover as well. How did the pelvic pain make you feel emotionally? Um, it was really quite depressing at the time. Um especially as it went on and it became worse and my mobility decreased more and more, you know, not being able to take myself to the toilet at home. Uh, I, I got really quite sad, quite depressed about it. Um, and, and and also because I didn't think anything could be done. I thought I was stuck with it for the rest of my pregnancy uh, and that I'd be being wheeled around in my partner's office chair for the rest of the, for the rest of the pregnancy. And it was a long time from when the pain started to when it, you know, to when the end was in sight. <laughs> You're listening to Bellies, Bits and Babies, a babyology podcast about women's pelvic health, hosted by pelvic floor expert and physiotherapist Heba Shahid. Coming up, Heba and Natalie will be talking about why those pelvic floor exercises are so important in reducing pregnancy-related back pain. 
Parenting raises so many perplexing questions. For some of the answers, check out Ain't That The Truth, hosted by Sarah Hunstead from CPR Kids. Professor Paul Dawson from Clemson University in the US decided to test out a range of foods and drop them on different surfaces. What they found was really interesting. Join Sarah Hunstead as she sorts fact from fiction around raising a healthy family. Ain't that the truth? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Can you tell us more about the things that helped with your pain? Yeah, so definitely um, exercise helped a lot. So so prior to it becoming really bad, I was going to pregnancy Pilates classes once a week, um, which were great, but I didn't really have any idea of how important they were until um, I stopped going. <laughs> um, so I t- took a break from them, didn't, didn't bother rebooking for the next term, and then the pelvic pain got really bad. Um, and I think it was you that said to me, well, have you been going to the classes? You should start again because they'll really help. And I thought, no, I can't possibly do an exercise class. Look at the pain I'm in. But as soon as I went back, there was a difference. You know, I could even just from one class, just that extra bit of mobility and, um, and movement and, and strength building really helped. It's really important for women, whether they're pregnant or they're planning to fall pregnant, to engage in certain exercises to help them Mm. to firstly prevent pain, but if they do feel pain, to treat that pain. And you experienced this yourself. In the early part of your pregnancy, you didn't really have any pain. And part of that Mm. was because you were going to these core stability exercises. So it's not just any exercise that can be helpful for women who have pelvic pain. There are certain exercises that are really, really important. And this includes looking at their muscles in their core system. So that's muscles like your pelvic floor, your deep abdominal muscles, which are known as the transversus abdominis muscle, and even your breathing diaphragm. So even the way you breathe can really help with pelvic pain. So you found that these core exercises were really helpful in that early part of your pregnancy, and you didn't notice any pain in that early part as well. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't actually realize that it was probably, well, definitely it was the exercises that were that were helping with that. Yeah. And so when you stopped these exercises, then you started to feel that pain. But as soon as you started the exercises again, you noticed an improvement in your pain. How soon after you started those exercises did you see an improvement in your pain? Um, I'd say pretty pretty much immediately. Um, just one class, I remember going, oh, wow, okay, I should have come back to this sooner. Um, and it, it wasn't like a drastic change. You know, of course, I still had that that pain. and But I, but I was immediately a bit more mobile. I could, I could walk to the toilet again, you know. Um, so it did make life a lot easier. These exercises are so important because they help you build that strength and stability mm. in your spine and in your pelvis. And You have to really understand why women are experiencing pregnancy-related pelvic pain or back pain in the first place. And it has to do with a number of things, things like the changes in the hormones in pregnancy. So we know in pregnancy that your progesterone hormones, your estrogen hormones, and your relaxin hormones, they skyrocket. And these Mm -hmm. hormones are responsible for making your joints more mobile, your ligaments and your connective tissue become more lax. And so your body needs more support and more help 
from your muscular system to help provide that strength and stability to your spine and to your pelvis. And that's why we really encourage these core stability exercises. And beyond that, also making sure that the muscles in the pelvis and the hips are working. So things like your buttock muscles, so doing lots of bridges and squats and things like that can really be helpful for women who have pelvic pain and did you notice that those exercises were, were beneficial for you yeah definitely and those were the ones that I was most concerned about I was like I can't possibly do a bridge or a squat or any of those but actually the, it was fine and they were tailored to to you know to to a pregnant woman um and you only go as far as you can go and they and they were really helpful it's funny because so many women think that they should be avoiding these types of exercises that these exercises yeah, will make things worse but actually they should be doing them Definitely. And, I, and I, I've said thousands of times, I've said if there's one thing that I could change about my pregnancy, it would be continuing with uh, those classes and that exercise. Awesome. Was there anything else that you tried that helped with your pain or was that kind of the only thing that was useful? That was the main thing, but um, I think you gave me some really good tips on how I should be sort of doing everyday things like how I should climb the stairs or how I should get into the car how I should stand up and sit down roll over in bed all of those things and I still do some of them now um, just out of habit Um, but those those were really helpful as well. Can you share which things were particularly helpful? Like, how did you get out of bed? In what way helped you with your pain? Yeah, yeah. So, so as far as I can t- remember, <laughs> um, so it was about keeping legs together. So going from one side, rolling into your back with your legs together, and then onto the other side, legs still together, and then and then hopping out by swinging your legs over instead of one at a time, basically. It's almost like you have to relearn how to get in and out of the bed and how to climb yeah. stairs and how to walk so that you're actually yeah. activating those muscles correctly. And one of the most important muscles that needs to be working when you're getting out of bed in particular is your deep tummy muscles mm. because when you have your knees together, it allows those muscles to engage a little bit better. Whereas if you just swing up, you're not using those muscles as yeah. well. Yeah. Did you try anything else like medications or anything? Did that help with your pain at all? Um, at one point, I think before I came back to see you, I... Um, I was taking some painkillers. I was taking paracetamol and codeine, panadine, I think it was, um, which is a bit stronger than just your regular paracetamol. But of course, you don't really want to heavily medicate during pregnancy uh, if you can avoid it. And um, uh, and it only helped a little bit, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so women should realise that, you know, it's not just medications aren't going to be the only thing that help. And mm. sometimes they don't really help, particularly in this situation, because yeah. it's a It's a lack of muscular support that's Mm. the issue here. So we need to work on those muscular support. So did your pelvic pain affect your birth at all? Can you tell us a bit about your birth experience? My birth experience was actually fine. I didn't... um, I, I wouldn't say that the pelvic pain impacted on the birth itself at all. And actually, as soon as my waters broke, I felt this immediate weight lifted um and I was like wow look Phil I can walk down the stairs um so um the birth itself uh went quite well but I did have a particularly large um baby he was four and a half kilos so um it it took a long time to get him out there's a lot of pushing involved that's incredible a four and a half kilo baby and for those of you listening Natalie is a very petite woman so (laughs) you can just imagine how large that baby must have been and actually it's important because that would have meant that your belly would have been quite large which also means Mm. that you would have had quite a bit of separation in the muscles in your abdomen 
And we know that in pregnancy, so many women will have that separation. And the thing about those muscles in your abdomen is they actually attach onto your pubic bone. Mm. And so that can actually contribute to pregnancy-related pelvic pain. Women don't realize that having an abdominal separation, also known as a diastasis rectus abdominis, can actually make your pelvic pain worse. So it's quite possible that that's what was happening with you as well. Yeah, and I did, and I did have that separation um, for a while after pregnancy as well, but I feel like I'm I'm back together now, more Good. or less. <laughs> so I ended up with a third degree tear, and um, I mean, the tear itself happening. Uh, I, I mean, I had an epidural, so I di- I didn't really notice it. Didn't didn't really notice the stitching up. Like you know, all of that part was fine but their recovery from it was um, really unexpected Um, and while I knew that it was possible to tear prior to giving birth I was more concerned about the tear happening but had no uh, idea what the recovery from a tear was like and that was the worst part was actually you know the sort of lengthy process of healing. What kind of symptoms were you experiencing? Um, lots of heavy heaviness down there Um, you know again walking became a challenge because suddenly uh, it wasn't the same type of pelvic pain, but, you know, after a few metres, I would feel this real heaviness. Um, it would be difficult to sit down. Um, and, of course, you're doing a lot of sitting down when you've just given birth, lots of sitting down breastfeeding. Um, and it was just really, really uncomfortable for a long time. Did you have any issues with bowel movements or bowel pain? A lot of women who have perineal tearing, especially when it's a third-degree tear, Um, the anal sphincter becomes involved. So a lot of women Mm. can have some issues with wind control or bowel control. Did you notice anything like that? Um, I definitely had some trouble with wind control. It took me quite a while to to sort of regain that control over over my wind. Um, uh, Bowel-wise, luckily luckily enough, I was okay though, yeah. That's pretty lucky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie, we've known each other for some time before you fell pregnant. Because you came to see me when you had some issues with painful sex. Are you happy to share your experience and talk about the symptoms that you had and how it affected your life? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, so I first came to you um, uh, with, yeah, with the issue of painful sex and, and you told me that I had a, a condition called vaginismus. Um, and for me, that meant that um, it was... Uh, very painful to have sex and sometimes impossible to have sex because um, my pelvic floor muscles were sort of firing uh, and not allowing penetration to even happen. And if it did, it was very painful for me. Um, And what that meant was that our sex life had become quite non-existent because we knew it would be a real struggle every time that we would go to have sex. And then when it came to thinking about starting a family, that's that's when I thought, oh, okay, I, I need to go and sort this out because we can't possibly have have a child if we can't do do the deed <laughs> as such. And thankfully you were able to yes. um, overcome that vaginismus and you were able to then go on to fall pregnant. Did the vaginismus affect you in pregnancy or after birth at all or has that resolved? Um, I, I would say it's completely resolved itself now. Um, and I, I think for me it was partly an emotional thing. It was partly head, but it was also physical at the same time. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I'm really happy with the with the turnaround, and and now um, I feel like I've I've got a a normal functioning sex life that you know that I'm happy with. <laughs> Excellent. And one of the things that's really important to consider is that women who do have sexual pain or vaginismus before pregnancy 
they do have a higher risk of having some pelvic pain in pregnancy. And that's related mm. to the muscles of the pelvic floor. We know that the pelvic floor muscles are quite tight in women who have vaginismus. And so women who have pelvic pain are also more likely to have tight pelvic floor muscles as well. So there could be some relationship mm. as well there. And we also know that many women who have tight pelvic floor muscles have some weakness in their pelvic floor. We also know that <laughs> some women who have vaginismus have some weakness in their buttock muscles. So there is that connection of the whole body. And women really need to think about their entire bodies, not just one muscle at a time. It's thinking about how is everything connected? How are my pelvic floor muscles connected to my glute muscles? And how are they connected to my abdominal muscles? And then that impact that it can have preconception in pregnancy and even in that postpartum period. Do you think that it was hard for you to take that first step and to make contact because of the stigma and the taboos that surround sexual pain and pelvic pain? Yeah, it definitely was. I I, I never went to my GP um, before seeing you because I was embarrassed. I didn't I didn't really feel that it was something that I wanted to talk to anyone about or you know I thought will a GP even know what's going on for me here um will they even be able to help um and so it it took me a long time it was years that I suffered uh, and it wasn't until there was sort of a need for me in a way um in in the sense that I I wanted to get pregnant um uh, that I sought help I'd just been using Google to sort of analyze what my symptoms were. And it wasn't until I sort of reached a certain website or a blog or something where it said, oh, you can see a physio about this. And I and suddenly I went, oh, hello, why haven't I been to someone sooner? And that's when I first um, first found you. It's it's interesting that you say that so many women have this same issue. They Mm. feel embarrassed about their condition they feel like they should just put up with it or they think that it's their fault Mm. and they don't put it down to something physical that can be fixed and we just need to really work on changing that language we need we really need to start empowering women firstly with education that hang on these pelvic Mm. problems these sexual health problems they're not normal they are common unfortunately they're not normal but they can be fixed and they can be fixed if you find the right health professional and in this case a pelvic floor physiotherapist was extremely useful for you yeah so through this podcast that's what we're trying to achieve we're trying to show mums and mums-to-be that they can get that knowledge through the podcast and through external sources and then hopefully prevent these things from happening in the first place yeah and then if they do happen how can we treat it and fix it straight away so we can prevent long-term complications as well. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the listeners in terms of tips and tricks Mm -hmm. that helped you with your pain? Yeah, oh, definitely. I think um, my biggest tip, and this is what I say to any of my friends that fall pregnant, I always say to them, oh, just do some exercise. Go to a Pilates class, a pregnancy Pilates class, go to a, a yoga class maybe. Just do something, you know, even though you feel... Um, heavier and weaker um, go to those classes to keep your strength up that's that that's the one thing I would say to any anyone expecting a baby <laughs> I completely agree so I also have a 13 month old baby yeah. and exercise really helped me and just like you I had quite a lot of pelvic pain as well through, mm. especially towards the end of the pregnancy and it was largely because of that abdominal separation mm. so I am also of the same belief <laughs> that you absolutely must be exercising preconception through pregnancy and even in that postpartum period if you do have any issues with pelvic pain and the symptoms that you should be looking out for are pain in that lower back pain in the pubic area pain down the legs or pain along your sacroiliac joints so just in that buttock region hip region 
then please do speak to a physiotherapist or an osteopath who can help you with some techniques to minimize your pain. You might also like to consider a pelvic support belt to help you with your stability in your pelvis. And you can speak with a physiotherapist about that as well. If you are pregnant, you might want to consider going to a pregnancy-specific Pilates class or yoga class, and particularly one that is led by a physiotherapist, especially if you have pelvic pain, because they're able to look at the muscles that could be contributing to your pelvic pain. A lot of pregnancy-specific classes will include techniques like deep breathing, pelvic floor muscle activation, deep tummy muscle activation, which you might not find in a regular exercise class at the gym or a regular yoga or Pilates class. A pregnancy-specific class will really incorporate those core muscles that you need to be strong to help keep you stable and reduce your pelvic pain. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast, Natalie. Your story is going to resonate with so many women and we really want to inspire women and empower them so that they can know that they can overcome these issues. They don't have to live with pelvic pain. So thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, pleasure. That's it for this episode of Bellies, Bits and Babies, a babyology podcast hosted by Heba Shahid, physiotherapist and pelvic expert. If you have a question or a comment, send us an email, podcast at babyology.com.au. And if you think this podcast might help a friend, please let them know. Tune in for the next episode where Heba explores endometriosis, a condition that affects one in 10 women. Lena Dunham, Mel Gregg, Penny McNamee, Emma Wiggle, all of these ladies have come out sharing their stories. And I think it's really important that women see that it's something that affects everybody and it, it doesn't matter where you're from, you know, it can affect anyone, it doesn't discriminate. Absolutely. When you think about one in 10 women, I would be sure that pretty much every man and every woman knows someone with endometriosis or is sitting right next to someone right now in their office who perhaps doesn't feel like they can tell them that they're suffering. <laughs> <laughs>